Hello and welcome to Fox Force 5, the podcast that gives you five things you need to know every week. How are you, Nicola Murphy? I'm well, Kelly Creighton. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, we are still recovering from the amazing weekend we had of fabulous mm. weather, which is outside the whole time, so we could do it with a bit more of that, but it was really nice, yeah. What did you get up to? I uh, tried to make up for the last <laughs> six months in lockdown. So uh, the weather was just glorious and Cork City, fair play to them. It's like being in the Algarve or something. There's just tables and chairs everywhere and it's so lovely. And walking around in the sunshine and being able to go for a few drinks and that, I feel like Cork City is absolutely thriving. I've never seen it like this. It's mm. just incredible. It's mm-hmm. really incredible. It's amazing altogether. So we had a great weekend, went for dinner, which was obviously glorious. And then just such a lovely buzz around, like I said. And anytime there was any music anywhere, there was people like dancing. And it was like real carnival kind of atmosphere because people were re-emerging from lockdown. But um yeah. That's great. Yeah, it was fabulous. And then, gosh, what did we do? Yeah, that was kind of it. A mix of sunshine and pints and laughter. And it was just fabulous. Really nice. Really like the simple things, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But like broke now and it's supposed to be raining this weekend. So that's probably for the best. <laughs> Back to being good now for a few weeks again. <laughs> oh, we never learn. Um, no. no, anyone I've met that's been in Cork recently, like Cork has nailed it in terms of um, the open air atmosphere and bringing stuff out in the streets, the alfresco dining, etc. So well done, Cork. Yeah, so hopefully we'll get the weather suit now for a while. But um, Killarney was very busy at the weekend as well. Really busy. God, there was loads of tourists around and everything, you know, Um, Mm. presumably Irish tourists mostly. But um, yeah, people are just like ready for it. They're ready for the action, aren't they? And going out and enjoying themselves. So yeah, Yeah. it was all good. We had a bit of a pool party on Sunday. We Broke oh, yeah. out the massive pool that burst after one day, <laughs> typically. And Aww. we had a sort of slide and splash thing and there was water balloons. And my God, it was like Thorpe Park, honestly. Um, <laughs> but yeah, and we had a barbecue and yeah, we just embraced it as well. So that was it. I was a bit knackered on Monday, but um, all good otherwise. Yeah, it just feels like like normal, doesn't it? It's good. It's, it's good. mad that we had like how quickly it's settles back into a bit of normality though isn't it mm-hmm. it's kind of weird yeah. the way we just kind of like go back to it but you haven't really been out or anything yet in like a no. restaurant or anything so no funnily enough yeah soon. yeah I had, we had some friends around actually at the weekend who we haven't seen since before lockdown be, since the start of covid so it was absolutely delightful to see them and spend time with them and just act mm. like grown-ups and drink too much wine and all that kind of jazz but so it was lovely stayed up too late blah 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 but um, no, it just felt felt normal, felt nice to be human again. Um, mm. So yeah, so that was it. And um, yeah, hopefully we'll have a few more summers or weekends like that before the summer is out. Fingers crossed. So yeah, cool. Well, we'll get started then, Nicola, my dear. Uh, and up first is number one. One. So at the start of the first Euro 2020 match... I don't know if you watched. Did you watch the opening ceremony at all? It was quite nice. Andrea Bocelli. Oh, I and didn't. But it was actually... We are going to Andrea Bocelli next year. Wah! On the back of it. <laughs> We're going to Andrea He's Bocelli. He's playing in Dublin. 
No, I yeah, I'm going Dundre Bacelli. Okay, <laughs> like, I was sure like, are we? <laughs> no, me and Jared, because I think he was inspired. So uh, we're going. Oh, you know what? Was, so I benefited be, from it. Remember, it was supposed to be the 22nd of October, Mom's birthday last yeah, year so before we COVID hit. We were like, let's go for that. Oh, yeah. he's fab. But um, no, the opening ceremony was lovely. We have a look back at it on YouTube, and mm. um, there was like there wasn't much to it. Like I don't think it's it was anything compared to it would have been you know if there wasn't a pandemic but some lovely dancers and they did this kind of mad thing where they had all the countries as these big like giant balloons and they all went up in the air and then the dancer went up in the air with the balloons and it's kind of hard to describe but it was fabulous and then Bocelli sang of course but the highlight for me personally was right before the the kickoff the match ball was delivered to the referee in a nippy zippy little Volkswagen car (laughs) a remote control (laughs) car that came out I was like look at I love it. So it was oh. marketing par excellence. So I thought that today I would bring you six of the best publicity stunts or marketing ploys and advertising oh, campaigns of all good. time. I love this. Yeah. So up first, Red Bull, the Stratus Space Jump. You may remember in 2012. I couldn't oh, believe it was 2012. Guy. I thought it was about yeah. two years God. ago. Yeah. I, it was actually on really in the years and I couldn't believe it was 2012 mm-hmm. also. So weird. Doesn't, that feels like about 2017, I'd say, 2018. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Felix Baumgarten, he became the first person to break the sound barrier without the help of a machine by falling 23 miles from the Earth's stratosphere. The stunts the stunt, which was conceived, produced and broadcast by Red Bull, captured the world's attention and pulled in 8 million live views on YouTube. I'd say if you did that today, you'd probably wow. get 50 million, you know. Yeah, definitely. More, more probably, you know, like yeah. that was, God almighty, that was That was kind of a bit before ago. its time, like, yeah, you'd think, yeah. well, yeah, it's, it's sure it's nine years ago, yeah, crazy. Yeah. Mad. Number two is Calendar Girls. In 1999, a group of 11 members of the Women's Institute in Yorkshire stripped to create a calendar to raise money for charity. The original calendar featured the women posing nude, obscured by baked goods and flower arrangements. 800,000 <laughs> copies were sold worldwide. Their efforts took the world by storm in 2000 and it inspired a hit movie. Number three. Dove's campaign for real beauty. Unilever's toiletry brand Dove became a household name thanks to its highly PRable campaign for real beauty. For real beauty. Used, it used real women in its ads rather than the stick-thin models favoured by rivals. The campaign kicked off in 2003 with adverts featuring six ordinary women in their underwear and boosted sales by 700%. Number 2003? Yeah. It? Yeah, very old as well. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's mad. I wouldn't thought again. I wouldn't thought that was that old at all. At all. Mm-hmm. Again, probably ten years. I would have thought two thousand three. Mm-hmm. They were before their time, weren't they? In terms Absolutely. of embrace your body and your curves and all that jazz and the way yeah. you are. Yeah, um, yeah, kind of similar to the women in the calendar girls thing before you know mm. it was about real bodies wasn't it um yeah and number four is the Blair Witch Project producers of the Blair Witch Project succeeded in creating huge pre-hype for their low budget horror flick blurring the boundaries between fact and fiction they circulated tapes to colleges which were presented as real video footage this was one of their first one of the first feature films to use viral content to build hype the buzz ensured that the Blair Witch was a major success taking in over 150 million dollar at the box office. Oh my gosh. Have you actually watched it since it came out? <laughs> I think I probably watched no. it twice that year, but I've never watched it since. Yeah, we watched it actually last year or the year before. Does and, it stand uh, the test of time? 
it's still quite eerie, all right? Like mm. some of it, you know, it's fake now, though. I suppose at the time it was like, is this real? What is this? You know, there's well, a lot yeah. of confusion. It's one of those you can't recapture kinda... the moment things. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, there's been a lot of that stuff since like paranormal activity is the same as like a home video and things like that. They're quite creepy. I don't know. But yeah, the Blairish, the end of it is still super creepy. You know, when he's super standing creepy. in the corner and looking at the wall. Ugh, yeah. Ugh, horrible. Yeah. Give no. <laughs> away the end. Um yeah. It always reminds me of, do you remember that thing we watched when we were kids? I don't know if you were maybe too young. The McPherson tapes. Do you remember that? Yeah, with the aliens. That oh was really creepy God, that as was well. so creepy. That starts as, oh like a God, news, yeah. as a news broadcast that was quite, quite you know, believable for the time yeah. when that came out. And it's like, these, these, this footage of a family's Christmas vacation has been circulating and it's believed to be real footage, blah, blah, blah. And it's basically like a home video of yeah. this family get together at Christmas but strange things mm. start happening and it's just the way they shot it there's loads of stuff happens that's really mundane mm. so you kind of believe it's real and then people start doing funny things and they go outside and they yeah. don't come back and oh my god it is yeah, I still think creepy, to this day it's the scariest creepy, thing yeah. I ever saw because it was that blurring between reality and fantasy or yeah, fiction or it again it's one of those where you kind of like I don't know, might ruin it then, though, watching it now in comparison mm. to back then. But yeah, let's give it another go. Yeah. So, sorry, moving on. The Hollywood sign is one of the most universally recognisable mm. landmarks in the world. However, many are unaware that originally the sign had absolutely nothing to do with the movie industry. It was, in fact, a grand scale marketing stunt by a real estate developer who wanted to sell houses in a dismal suburb of Los Angeles. Originally dubbed Hollywood Land, the attention-grabbing billboard was 50 mm. foot high and became the talk of the town. And finally, the Olympic torch relay. The International Olympic Committee's world-famous torch relay has been executed in the months before the winter and summer games since 1936. The legendary stunt has generated mass publicity for the Olympics, athletes and sponsors. So there you go. Hmm. Are they doing it? This, they must be doing it, are they? Now, in COVID times and all that. I did see something about it. I'm pretty sure I read somewhere that the flame had gone out at some point somewhere, you know. But um, hmm. I did. I, I actually passed. I have a photograph of the Olympic torch going past me in Edinburgh in 2012. Randomly. Like, why didn't you hold it or something? No, no, no. I got it, no, no, no. I got off a bus and there they were running along with the torch. I was like, oh my God. But then I was at an event later that day. I'm pretty sure it was Andy Murray was playing in Wimbledon and we were out watching it outside of this big outdoor thing. And a few people that had been in the torch relay were at it and they've got like multiple torches. There's only one flame, oh, but there's multiple yes. torches. So oh. I got to hold a torch. Yeah. So there oh, you go. I can't even remember hilarious. who the sports person was that I took it off. But anyway, um, yeah, so yeah, it's cool. So that's, yeah, that's probably ongoing wherever that is because the whole thing is that mm. it's come from, is it Mount Sinai in Greece? Is it Mount Sinai? Yeah. Mount Olympus? Not Mount Sinai. Mount Olympus. Mount, Mount Olympus. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah. Right, over to you, Nick, for number two. Oh, very good. Two. So at first for Fox World 5 because I'm going to talk about a cinema experience. Do, 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 do. Wow. So that's the one thing I found with going back to the cinema though is like it's so much money. It is expensive. You know, I kind of forgot how much is a ticket all these the days? Like eight, 13, nine euro? What? 13 40 or something for the IMAX. Um 
And I, what like, we used to go God. all the time. We used to literally go all the time. When I think back at the amount of money we used to spend in the cinemas, man, <laughs> you know, coming out of, That's like, That's why you can afford a house now. now. <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah. That was it. The cinema's closed and now we can afford a mortgage, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But it was worth it because we went to see A Quiet Place 2. So, oh have you seen, did you see the first one? Did I watched you like about five one? minutes. No, I watched about five minutes, but I couldn't hack it. I, I couldn't <laughs> hack it. Having been Why? through labor, I could not hack it. I knew that that girl was going to be in labor and trying to stay quiet. I was like, how could you do it? <laughs> you better tell people what it's about, the first one. So it's don't know actually, yeah, so it's written by John Kransky. So John Kransky is a husband to Emily Blunt, also very famous as being Jim from The Office. He's in loads of stuff. He's a kind of usually mm-hmm. comedic actor. So it was kind of interesting to see him in this. But he wrote it, directed it and all that jazz. And he's in the first one, as well as his wife, Emily Blunt. And so they're a couple and they're three kids. And basically there's these creatures that have landed on Earth and they anything to do with sound, they basically come for you. So you have to be super quiet. As soon as you make any sound, like the monster comes and gets you or whatever. And like, I don't think they eat them or anything, but they just like kill anything that makes sound. I don't know what the premise is or how this creature survives, but that's the thing anyway. But it probably sounds a bit crap. But if you haven't watched the first one, I would highly recommend it. It's brilliant. It's more like a thriller, I think, than a horror. Because it's Mm. very much... And actually, he said that he actually wrote the whole thing about parenthood and a lot of the fears that you have being a parent and all that stuff, Mm. which is really Mm. interesting. And... Mm. It's just so well done. Now, the one thing is, like, you can't go into the cinema and, like, eat a portion of nachos or something. Because there's really literally quiet no the sound. Time. There's no sound. <laughs> I never so thought about really that. Careful that's of that. Yeah, yeah. But um, the first one is very good. And actually, for a sequel, I was very happy with the second one as well. It was very well written, very well you done. Killian like Murphy's in it. Different. One of my faves. Yeah. Yeah, Killian oh. Murphy's and he's very good in it too. And you kind of don't know, oh God, is he goody betty, goody betty? So you're kind of, you know, torn mm. as to how this is going to go and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he's very good in it and very interesting kind of character that he plays. But I mean, it's kind of harrowing, all right? Like it's not an easy watch, but that's why it's good for the cinema because you're mm. on edge, you know? So I'm really glad we actually went to see it. It was well worth it. Um, brilliantly written. Like if you like anything kind of sci-fi like that, you'll absolutely love it check out the mm-hmm. first one it was on netflix i'm not sure now actually what it's on i'll have a quick mm. look there maybe but um definitely check it out and the second one is well worth it an excellent sequel i have to say very very good yeah. and actually the way they left it at the end there could potentially be a third one and i would definitely go see that also but it's okay very good yeah when i heard killian murphy was and i was like i might have to revisit the first one and uh, i was talking straight about it and he was saying Maybe we could watch it during the day. Would you watch it during the day? And I was like, maybe I'd watch it during the day. But when do we sit down and watch a film during the day? But it's Never actually not scary, film. scary though. It's it's not scary because like you see the creatures, you know, and that for me is the scariest thing when you don't see mm. what's causing all this stuff. But when you see it's kind of this alien thing, it's not as scary. But it's the whole yeah, like in the first one. It's I think not I saw it on um, yeah on Gogglebox. I think it was on Gogglebox, and mm. obviously there's a bit where somebody stands on a nail on a stairs and there's a bit where she's in mm. labor and she's trying to stay quiet and I was just like oh my god but um maybe I will maybe I will revisit it you so, should yeah, definitely cool. watch it Cinema. it's brilliant I just had a quick look there to see if it's still on anything and I can't see but it definitely was on <clears throat> excuse me it definitely was on Netflix so it might be worth giving it a, a look searching it but, a um, 
yeah it's brilliant very good and definitely go to the cinema if you want to go see something in the cinema it's definitely a cinema movie so a nice way to reintroduce us back into the world of the cinema so it was really cool cool um i didn't watch a whole lot actually since we last spoke but i know there is a new thing on thursday night on bbc2 at nine o'clock sharon horgan and james Mm. mcavoy a film called Together it's brand new and it's about a couple who kind of aren't getting on great I think they've got one child and how their relationship sort of disintegrates during lockdown so it's a Covid film is it, so is it serious? Like it's not comedic? Serious no. I think, yeah. Oh, yeah. Usually she's Sharon Horgan's obviously enough, yeah, so known yeah. for funny stuff so I'm sure there'll be a bit of humour in it somewhere if she's involved but um, yeah, sounds interesting you know and it's kind of interesting to see people tackling the whole Covid yeah. stuff now in more dramatic terms and stuff yeah. so there you go um, cool. I also actually watched Cruella this weekend which was excellent it's on Disney Plus you have to pay to watch mm. it but it's excellent um, Emma Thompson and the other Emma whose name I always forget what is her name oh my god Stone but- Stone, Stone. Um, mm-hmm. and she's brilliant in it and Emma Thompson is brilliant in it and the costumes are absolutely fabulous like stunning because oh, yeah. you know she's still trying to become a fashion designer it's like young Cruella you know and it's kind of the story of her life and all that okay. I, I didn't I was a bit like oh god what's this going to be like now and we threw it on but it's actually very good and I think it it's not just for kids like I really enjoyed it <laughs> and it's all about cool. like these gorgeous clothes and like they're definitely going to win an Oscar for the costume design because it was just unreal the stuff that they created so yeah and Emma Thompson's brilliant and she plays a really interesting character so very she's very always good. great isn't she mm-hmm. yeah she's always great stuff. in everything mm. cool cool okay right moving along number three Fox of the Week three so our Fox of the Week this week is a character from ancient history pretty much <laughs> Grania Vale or otherwise known as Grace O'Malley, or Gronuel, or Gronyany Valla. She's an Irish, I suppose, folk slash really? legend. Yeah. Oh. So she's, she, I think, do you know what? Funny enough, in my notes here, I haven't actually put down, but she's, she's called something like the, the pirate princess or something like that. Oh. So this actually was brought to my attention by, um, I started working on a, podcast series ages ago about kind of lesser known Irish female historical figures mm. um, and she was one of them and I so I went off and I did a lot of research on, on all of them including including her and yeah. they're just characters that you wouldn't know an awful lot about who had really interesting lives so I'm going to tell oh. you about her today and oh, she wasn't all good to be fair but um, you'll see <laughs> so she was once described as the most notorious woman in all the coasts of Ireland she sang about one of Ireland's Best known Gaelic songs, Oro Shedavahavalia. Oh, hilarious. Albeit potentially elevated as a freedom fighter, she reneged on that later in life. She was born in County Mayo sometime around 1530. Her father was a powerful chieftain, Owen Dove Dara. And this was the time of the Brehan Laws, which were much more mm. empowering, actually, for women than what was to follow. So women could take part in battles and drink and divorce and retain property. So life got a bit shite after that then. And as a child, she showed preference for fishing over household chores. And when her father said he her hair would get caught in the ship's ropes, she said she'd have to cut it off. And then she that's how she earned herself the name Grania Vale or Bald Grace, ah. as it means. Oh, she spent, interesting. She spent much of her time studying her father in his work from sailing to negotiations with the chieftains. At the age of 16, she married Donald O'Flaherty. He controlled much of Connacht. They moved 
to a castle in Bonoan in Connemara, which he had stolen from the Joyce clan. They had three children and Grace slowly but surely took over Donald's role leading pirating raids at sea. She captained many ships and led trade expeditions to Spain and Portugal. Her husband was killed in revenge by the Joyces, but Grace defended the castle fiercely and succeeded. It was renamed the Hen's Castle thereafter to mark her achievement. Grace returned to Clue Bay with 200 followers and started to tax those who sailed in the waters she oversaw in return for safe passage. So she became notorious to the people of Galway and they had the words, the following words inscribed on the city gates from the ferocious O'Flaherty's good Lord deliver us. She's said to have strate- mm. strategically married Richard Unirin Burke in 1566 in order to gain access to his castle, Rockfleet on Clue Bay. They had one son called Tibbet Nalung, or Theobald of the Ships, who, as legend would have it, was born at sea amidst a battle with a Turkish ship. It said that they were losing the battle and Grace was forced shortly after childbirth to go on deck to rally the troops and the t- and turn the tide of the battle, which she do- duly did. Grace divorced Richard promptly one year after they were married to and retained the castle. Fair play. It said mm. on the one year anniversary of their marriage, she locked herself up in the castle with her followers and shouted to her husband, Richard Burke, I dismiss you. By now, <laughs> Queen Elizabeth had turned her attention at that time to expansion in the west of Ireland and how she could benefit from such grace had angered various representatives of Her Majesty across this time, plundering English ships and evading capture. The governor of Connacht, Richard Bingham, who had become her greatest opponent, had become her greatest opponent. She refused mm-hmm. to surrender as a chieftain to the British monarchy. And over the next 10 years, he targeted Grace, calling her a nurse to all rebellions. Her land was conf- confiscated and she had a lucky escape as Bingham ordered her to be hung. She was vouched for by her son-in-law, Devil's Hook, which was a mistranslation of Dawan Nakura, which means Devil of the Hook. Anyway, she returned to the seas, but Bingham's relentless pursuit of her meant she couldn't conduct herself as she once had. She became destitute along with her family, so she appealed to Queen Elizabeth as the queen of her own clan to allow her to continue her life. The queen responded with a list of 18 questions about her past, her family, heritage, property and marriages. Following the the arrest of her brother and sons, she sailed to London to speak face to face with the Queen. This was a particularly daring act. Many chieftains of the time would never have set foot on English soil, considering how they had faced down the government in the past. Queen Elizabeth was so impressed with Grace that she had agreed to allow her to live as an independent chief and ordered that her family be released from prison. So that was a total victory for her. Um... Having remained friendly with the other clans, the O'Donnell and the O'Neill, during this time a disagreement arose which saw Grace and her followers withdraw their support. Grace's sons were serving the English. A huge rebellion took place and at times it looked as if the Irishmen would succeed but eventually the tide turned and Grace and her sons were on the side of victory with the English. That signalled the end of the Irish aristocracy Grace had once been part of. Her son Tibbet Along was made the first Viscount of Mayo something it is speculated that Grace actually wanted and despite this she remains associated with the Irish fight for freedom from oppression. She may have had the foresight and understanding that resistance could only be successful with unity and foreign funding and sadly they had neither. Grace continued to sail the seas and died in 1603 the same year as Queen Elizabeth. Remarkably there's very little recorded in the Irish annals of the time of Grace whereas there is many references to her in the Elizabethan state papers. 
speculated that Grace's behaviour was so unbecoming of a woman that the historians of the time chose not to include her unfeminine ways. She's remembered as a fearless leader and warrior, a woman who flouted convention and gender stereotypes. Her remains are thought to be housed in an unmarked tomb on Clare Island. I wonder really, considering what a remarkable woman in Irish history she is. So there you go. Oh, that's so the Pirate Queen is her other name. That's what they call her, the Pirate Queen. Yeah. Oh, Grace I O'Malley. Remember. I kind of feel bad that I didn't because she sounds like some character, doesn't she? <laughs> she is. I, if you type her name into Google now, you'll see loads of stuff. It's one of those, um, what's it, what's confirmation biases or whatever. Yeah. You'll see her everywhere now that you've heard of it once. You know what I mean? But yeah. um, very interesting character. Like good guy, bad guy, good, but good guy, bad guy. You know, I think she was a mix. She was probably just trying to survive more so than anything. Yeah. But um. Yeah, our Fox of the Week, Grace O'Malley. Number four. Four. So this week in the vein of, um, you know, my usual, let's have a laugh and look at certain accounts on Instagram. <laughs> so this week, uh, we're going to talk about two different accounts. So one is, the first one is uh, Mammy Benter. Do you follow this account? Mammy Benter. I think Benter. I do. I think I do. Yeah, go on. <laughs> So she's actually one person, although you kind of think is this like, you know, every like hashtag Mammy Venter, but it's not. So <laughs> she is gas crack. So she is a mother. She's from Derry. I think her name is Serena Foyle, but um, it's gas. When you look at her actual Instagram, you can't actually see her name anywhere. It's just Mammy Venter everywhere. <laughs> she's playing a character. Um, yeah. And so she does a lot of like sketches and stuff about being a mom and like having kids and what that means and like what she would do and you know how she acts and stuff and all that so she's actually very very mm-hmm. funny a lot of different uh, sketches and stuff and to be honest even when she's not doing sketches she's just a really good follow because she's very like honest and you know yeah. just no crap about her she's like very straight up um so she is uh yeah, she does like she has it on her thing is like brutally honest, relatable and sometimes funny, but more often than not, she's actually very, very funny. So if you have kids or if you have any nieces and nephews or any children in your life at all, she's extremely relatable for like the things that they get up to and <laughs> her reactions to them. She, she actually kind of does um, sketches, doesn't she? She kind yeah, of sketches. Puts on, yeah. yeah, yeah. Puts and on during kind of... um, lockdown, you know, she got obviously a lot bigger and stuff like that because a lot of that was very relatable, you know, like midweek wine and all that stuff like mm. but um lots of different things she covers loads of different stuff though it's not just the whole like mammy side of things but she's very very funny and comes across as a very like genuinely nice person as well so yeah she's lots of followers she's over 100,000 followers so fair play to her she's doing great kind of real yeah real seeming absolutely um, like so motherland last week you know that we yeah. were talking about like similar, similar. vein like uh yeah. she is yeah at mammy benter um and then the other account is again this one's probably a bit more popular and it's probably one for i mean everyone probably follows him at this stage but is killian sunderman so he goes mm-hmm. as a killer sunday on instagram so you know mm-hmm. him he's like a beard curly hair does a lot of sketches where like he's kind of good looking as well isn't he yeah kinda he good is looking. yeah mm-hmm. it's kind of um, easy on the eye <laughs> absolutely and he again like sketches very funny so his actually his most famous 
my favorite one of his lately was about like the yellow thing in the sky like what's this yellow thing in the sky and the reaction <laughs> to it because obviously it was the sun um and like fair play is getting a few promos and stuff he had one as well a few days ago about like teaching your friends how to go like drinking again and how to drink pints and like one <laughs> of the it. things and it was like how to lean now guys just show me how to lean like they're all leaning at the table and <laughs> Yeah. and drink it and say oh that hits the spot and oh very funny but um loads he of different this... stuff it's kind of hard to describe him because he does everything yeah. <laughs> yeah he does this kind of like ignorant reporter news yeah. reporter thing reporting from the poor bits of dublin kind of thing and stuff like that as well very funny social commentary kind of social comedy social commentary comedy if that's a thing yeah absolutely. um yeah. no he's good he's good he's good fun but he I'm was very I'm funny again up a bit more. throughout um, lockdown and like things like oh, there was one as well, like raised in the countryside and he's talking about like brick walls and like, you know, talking to you all about like how these brick walls were created and like rating all the brick walls and all this. It sounds silly, but a bit obnoxious. it's actually yeah. very funny. But that's kind mm-hmm. of his character is I think it's supposed to be a little bit like that, like you said. Bit of a D4 but, head, uh, kind of like yeah. I know everything. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah get, exactly. Yeah, get, yeah. But mm-hmm. he is very funny, so give him a follow also. And like I said, a varied, varied selection of different sketches that he does. But like he puts some amount of work into it. So again, we've said this mm-hmm. a few times, but people that are doing stuff over lockdown that we're all enjoying, we should definitely be giving them, you know, a plug or go follow them Supporting or whatever them. it may be. But mm-hmm. he seems to be flying it. Like I think he's definitely gotten a, a lot more followers throughout the I lockdown I definitely hadn't heard of him well. before Me neither. lockdown. No. No. Yeah. So um but that's um so Ash Killer Sunday. So yeah, again, another hilarious uh, person to follow. So they're my two uh Instagram top tips of the week. Fox Force Five bring you hilarious people to follow. Thank you, Nicola. Absolutely, absolutely. Enjoy. Number five. Five. Okay, you're gonna love this. Can you mm. believe it's been twenty years since Moulin Rouge came out. Oh, has it? Yeah. Oh. 20 whole years of our life. Uh, yeah, this movie has a special place in my heart, as you know, Nicola. <laughs> uh, I was about 2021. 20, we won't say which. Maybe I was 19. I can't remember. Um, when this came out and I was gallivanting all over the place. I was in Ireland. I was in Spain for the summer. I was in Malta for the winter as part of my Erasmus uh, with college. And it was just a great time in life, you know, when you didn't have a care in the world, really. And this film came out and me and my friend Una spent six months singing along to the soundtrack at the tops, bellowing along to it at the tops of our lungs. But, um, and as you know, I have a soft spot for Ewan McGregor, or at least I used to We went to see it together. We saw it together for the first time in Killarney. Did we? Yeah, and I remember that there was some big match on, as it was Liverpool in the Champions League or something, and it was a Wednesday. And I remember like us going through town and like all you could hear was the pubs, all the sound in the pubs, whereas the town was dead, but the pubs were absolutely packed. Mm. And I just remember it really clearly. And the two of us, like even when we walked out of the cinema being like, oh my God. <laughs> and then we were obsessed. We played like Come At Me an awful lot, <laughs> many, many yeah, times. Oh my God. So good. So if anyway, if you've not seen it, this is a really good excuse to check it out. And don't just take our recommendation for it. In 2010, Love Film did a survey and it came out as the best film of the decade. So that's some accolade. But yeah, it's a flamboyant, melodramatic, romantic, kitsch and tragic all in one go. It's the story of two ill-fated star-crossed lovers, which seem to be a favourite, which seems to be a favourite of Baz Luhrmann because he'd done Romeo and Juliet a few years before Mm. that. 
It's got all the things you want from a love story, but to boot, you have singing, dancing, and a great portion of camp. So yeah, set in the early 1900s in the infamous Montmartre area of Paris, the film is full of burlesque, glamour, and musical covers and mashups. Um, Kylie Minogue's in it as the absent tripping fairy. Um, and I didn't know this. She, you know, she sings a song, The Hills Are Life, Song Music, whatever. Yeah. But she kind of gives a scream and the scream was Ozzy Osbourne. Bizarre. That's so anyway, bizarre and random. It's a bit trippy. Like, so funny. It's like they sometimes with movies, they do this stuff and it's like, nobody knows about it, but it's just something that they like want to add themselves. Yeah, as, like, I suppose kind of the Osbournes were probably big at the time and it was mm. like, slot him in there, you know, but um, yeah. But I think one of the most surprisingly good things about it at the time were Nicole Kidman's and Ewan McGregor's performances, mm. you know, because they were just, we hadn't seen them singing or dancing anything before that, as far as I can remember. No. Um, and it just, you know, they, whilst they weren't perfect, they were just really enjoyable and they were kind of more real and it was fab. Um, you may recall the breakout song was actually Lady Marmalade by mm. Christina Aguilera yeah. and Maya Pink and Lil' Kim. Even though, I can't really remember that in the film or was it a version of it in the film? No, anyway. there was just a version of it at the start. Yeah. Where, um, yeah. They did it as part of like the Ken Ken kind of at the start or the yeah. first opening scenes. Yeah. I think it was part of that, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Nicole Kidman was um, putting stuff on Instagram about it this week and uh, some photos and stuff. So check that out. But she quoted, said, some of my favorite memories from hashtag Moulin Rouge, Rouge the greatest thing you'll ever learn is just to love Aww, and to be loved, loved in, in return. return. There you go. It's so, uh, so love it, love it, love it. And the good news is, presuming we can travel at some point before the end of the year, there's a live stage musical version coming so the Piccadilly Theatre in London is due to stage it from the 12th of November this year it was on Broadway well before Covid and it had 14 Tony Award nominations I don't think it won any any, but it had 14 nominations Um, so that is defo on the cards and yeah we also went to a Moulin Rouge sing-along didn't we in Leicester Square for my hen party yeah that was great crack and the music is so good in it like just the way that they did I mean obviously there's lots of like you know what's the word like when they actually move like put all the songs together like it's like different mm-hmm. you know various different songs into one song but they did mm-hmm. it so well I love it it's brilliant I actually haven't listened to the soundtrack in a few years now but mm-hmm. come what me is always my um I'm a diehard but it was the uh, it was the idea <laughs> of putting um so many pop songs about love yeah. together in songs and things like that you know modern day pop songs in that kind of context yeah the, even like yeah. a virgin and all that you remember <laughs> yeah and this was before like we will rock you and things like that you know that did that as well so it was quite cutting edge but i love bez lerman i love all his films yeah and the color and the the, the costume and just everything is so fabulous i just absolutely love there's always something a bit otherworldly or quirky about it and he puts things in his films that you don't see in other you know he might speed up somebody walking around or something silly like he does Mm. real crazy stuff you know it's just way more engaging and um fab and the soundtrack soundtrack of all his films really good even the ones that aren't uh, they're kind of tragic as well he likes doing these kind of tragic yet colourful yet totally. kind of like fantasy-esque like in yeah. the real world you know that kind of vibe about it all mm-hmm. his movies yeah so the, yeah the music in it is incredible all right oh that's it's mad 20 years oh my god 20. makes me feel old 20 old. yeah we should watch the next time we're so together I went to see it yeah between 
but um, I understood anyway. So we were all only young back then. We were all only young back then. I'll have you know. Yeah, but I probably wouldn't show it to Lily. Like, and she's twelve. I'd probably wait another couple of years to show. Her. I'd say I was probably fourteen or fifteen, maybe. It's a bit of sexiness, and I'd say, all right, yeah, yeah sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, she's a prostitute. <laughs> they all are yeah well what are they they are courtesans sorry excuse me yeah they're bohemians aren't they yeah yeah i'm looking forward Um, to showing her though that's gonna be good experience oh stop i spend my half half my life fantasizing about all the great films i'm gonna show the girls (laughs) when they're bigger like talk about not living in the moment but anyway so um there you go that was number five so yeah we're flying it this week we're way ahead of schedule which is probably good because um we're both under the Tom, in terms of work and busyness and life busyness at the moment, but it's all good, sure. It's all good. Yeah, well, I suppose, yeah, we're getting um, more efficient with our time as well, you know. <laughs> so, although Grania Vale went on for ages there, I wasn't sure when that was going to end, but um, yeah, no, it was really we... interesting. It, actually, a couple of people said it to me about um, your episode, your piece last week about our Fox um, Frida that they didn't know the story mm. of her and all that and how interesting it was so got some really lovely feedback we on often that, so get welcome. better feedback not better feedback but I think the ones that have brought the most feedback was Violet Gibson one of the first ones yeah. as well it's those ones that people don't know about they find really yeah. interesting so we might do a bit more of that sure I've all this research I did for that podcast that I never made so it's all to <laughs> so I can use that I need to probably cut it back a bit more but um, there you go so yeah, yeah that's it Brilliant. so Cool. So this weekend, anything mad planned? Anything? Well, I've got a, yeah. Go on. Yeah. Oh, it's Father's Day, isn't it? Oh my good god, I nearly forgot. It's Father's, Father's Day this weekend. But yeah. also, um, my thirty years of taking inhalers finally paying off because I'm getting my vaccine on Friday. Way. <laughs> Yay! Yay oh, That's the only time oh. I'll ever say that. So, yes, so I'll be fully vaxxed by the end of July. So my book will oh. fly somewhere from my holidays. <laughs> oh, I'm delighted. Although That's fab. It all seems a bit up in the air now. Who knows what's going to happen? But uh, let's try to just enjoy you know life while we can. The uh, portal was supposed to open for 30 to 39 this week. Now. Or 35 to 39. Sorry, 35 to 39. Mm this week and it had said Monday originally I've been like refresh 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 no they're saying refresh. next week now and it's all it's 30 to 39 it's the whole age group it's the nine years oh, and God, like it'll probably be can... another six weeks before I get the bloody 10 I know you have to say optimistic people are getting it very quickly two to three weeks and people have the text and yeah. all that you know so and then it's only mm. four more weeks so we're nearly there so stay positive stay positive but yes Father's Day so I'm sure there'll mm-hmm. be plenty of dads around the country being spoiled rotten. I hope you have nice plans for Stuart, do you? Your husband? Mm-hmm. Father mm-hmm. of two? Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yep, yep. I sure do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we'll Very come up good. with something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, did, I did manage to order something online in advance, but yeah, you don't know. I don't know how, I don't know how impressed he'll be and he can like it or he can lump it and I'll buy him Well, lunch. it's from the girls <laughs> anyway, so it's fine. Oh, yes, it's true. <laughs> it's their fault yeah absolutely so yeah that's the crack so look have a great week everybody and we will be back next week with five things you need to know if you're enjoying the podcast please do share it with your friends and family uh give us an all rating on apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and subscribe and review and all that jazz and we love you and we will be thanks so much everybody thanks very much thanks everybody bye thank you bye